Hello and welcome to the Business Clubhouse Conversations with me, Ash Taylor. Um, I am joined today by my good friend, Ollie Denhardt from Trouble Free IT. How are you doing, Ollie? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. It's uh, sunny, which is always uh, uh, always makes me very, very happy. Um, do you want to, let's just kick off to give, give everybody an idea of uh, what you do, who do you, who do you do it for, where are you based, you know, what, what, just, just tell us a little bit about what Trouble Free IT is all about. Uh, yeah, sure. So it's, it's uh, IT Trouble Free, just, uh, just to get the words the right way around in case anyone <laughs> searches for us. Um, we're based in Chalfont St. Peter. I've been there for uh, well three years at the end of this month actually the, the business was was founded uh, we work with uh, various local state primary schools uh, as well as small businesses uh, generally I guess up to about 50 users would be the kind of largest businesses that we look after and um, we're looking working with a few charities as as well um, it's fundamentally IT support so anything you might have in a bigger business where you go and knock on the door for the IT team that's what we're doing but for lots of smaller companies. Cool so you, you say you've been doing that for three years but you're obviously a bit older than that <laughs> not hugely <laughs> I, I'm looking at you and you're clearly you know uh, well we'll stop there but I feel um, a bit today but <laughs> so how, do you, how did you get into it you know because I'm presuming you've been in IT as, as I know you're an expert and you've done some stuff for us which has been amazing but you clearly to be an expert you've been doing it for longer than three years so how, how did yeah. you go? Uh, so I've been doing IT support if you will for, for businesses of, of this kind of on this basis for you know the outsource support model for getting on for 20 no what we're talking about 17 years I think it is this year um, I worked for uh, I had a, almost like an apprenticeship before that where I was building and repairing PCs and, and those kinds of you know, things to give me a good grounding um, started working for a secondary school for a while that got pretty boring pretty quickly because there's only so many passwords you can reset and print credits you can add before you realize <laughs> probably about the sum of the world um sorry no disrespect to anyone that's working in it in a school but that was just my experience i wanted wanted something a bit more uh dynamic and faster moving i suppose um yeah and i started work doing support for businesses for for there um it's, it's a bit of a long story in some respects but but fundamentally through through courses of different businesses I've been been doing IT support for companies and schools for, for you know this, this many years and I suppose most recently the three years ago um, bit I bought my previous business partner out um, geographically so we, we had a split we had an operation on the south coast as well as in Chalfont so I bought the effectively half the business out so all of the stuff that was in London and in the outside uh, we, we bought into the new business so um yeah i've certainly been doing this a lot longer than, than three years um and and i guess probably relevant to say there's a team of seven of us um in the business here so uh not just my experience and, and expertise but uh, you know, experienced team of uh, of engineers and and, and uh, got a, a, an office manager as well so six fixed engineering related people and did you did you when you bought your business partner out did, did that come with staff um or have you is that something you've 
kind of you know you've grown that part of the business yourself and, and a, a bit of both yeah so we we bought um i say we sorry i've got a business partner now who's essentially um silent in the business just just in case anyone chooses to go and look us up um we we bought over um three members of staff from the from the previous business three engineers um and and then uh, yeah grown from then so we we recruited an office manager straight away and you know gradually we've we've bought um, couple of other engineers in into the team over the last um, little while one of the guys has been with us a year in in a few weeks time worked with with m myself and a couple of the colleagues at the previous business as well so as a team we've we've all worked together for you know for some time I think it's, uh, it's five years myself and one of the guys six and a half years nearly now with one and, and closer to eight years for for one of the other for the third member of staff that that's uh, that's uh, that's still with us and Unfortunately, as these things happen, one of the guys took the decision to to leave uh, 18 months after the split, and he, he's working for an internal kind of IT department for a massive multinational. Now he, he wanted, uh, I don't know, the quieter life. I think uh, was was probably the easiest way to put it. <laughs> so you you talked about, I mean, you're in you talked about a quieter life, but you're in quite an interesting niche with the primary schools, especially and the charities that you that you work with and you support, and I suspect that they come with their own challenges and there must be times of the year that you're busier than others um like with the school stuff i guess in the holidays they want you to do um installs that sort of stuff is that is that a challenge you know running a business that has potential peaks and troughs like that um how do you how do you manage that um yeah over the years things have changed a bit we we always used to be really quiet in the summer um but the, i think the, the schools um have kind of moved on a little bit now and, and certainly i guess it, it will change because the systems change and systems move on but yes certainly the summer holidays are normally a fairly busy time um the half terms can be relatively busy but equally with the number of business owners and and staff from the other companies who support being away we're quite quiet for the normal support requests so um it can be challenging you know we know we're going to be on site much more and certain you know logistical changes i suppose you call it but actually uh we're we're quite I don't, lucky is not the right word but it, it seems to work out for us that we're quieter with the other work so it's okay to be busy with the schools at those times so i, I i've met you know through networking i've met quite a lot of people who are um into it support and um how do i say a lot of us <laughs> There's a lot of you around. How, how do how do I say this politely? You you don't for me you don't really kind of fit the bill, fit the mould of your typical IT um, support consultant type person. It's probably one of the reasons we get on because we have a shared passion for a couple of things. You know, golf being uh, uh, one of them. Definitely. Um, and and I, I guess what I'm getting at is how um, how do you position yourself as as being a little bit different from those other IT support businesses out there, because as you say, there are a lot, there are a lot to choose from. And, and I think because we've got that personal relationship and we've got that, you know, that, um, you know, that, that shared love of golf, we've got to know each other quite well because we spent a significant amount of time together. So, you know, but when you, when you're talking uh, to, you know, somebody who maybe doesn't have, that, that your relationship uh, like that with them and you're meeting for the first time you know what is it that you're doing that's kind of setting you apart because your business is vibrant and it's growing and you're doing some really really cool things and you've done that in quite a quick period of time so yeah what 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 
you know, how do you position that? What, what sits behind that for you? I mean, there's sort of two parts to it. Uh, firstly, it, if you talk about how we work with new customers and start with those relationships, it, it's, it's literally about how we talk to them and how we work with them. We're not talking, you know, techno babble. Uh, we're not geeky, typical IT people to, to, to look at for the most part either, but certainly we don't talk like it. Um, it's, it's difficult. You know, some things are fundamentally technical and there's only that certain things can't be translated and dumbed down, but we, we generally don't need, sorry, that's a horrible expression, isn't it? But they can't be simplified. And But uh, we, we ultimately go down the plain English route and, and just talk about what's the benefit of this or what's the impact of it to your business, understanding your business or your charity or your organisation, your school, um, and, and don't get stuck with talking about why the latest standard of this, that, or the other is good or bad or otherwise, like I think a lot of people, other technical people are guilty of. Mm -hmm. um, and then to some extent, it's, it's how, uh, you know, once we've got some relationship, it's how we engage and how we do it. Um, too many IT companies force you down the road of doing what they want, not what you need or what you want. Uh, you being, you know, the business owner or the organization, uh, just because they've got, you know, uh, what would be the right word, some goalposts fit you in, doesn't mean it's relevant for everybody. Makes their life a lot easier, I have to say. Um, but it, it, it doesn't mean that it fits for you. So we have actually some some technology and some routes that we go down more often because it, they, you know, things generally fit well for lots of people. Um, actually, you know, there's a lot of commonality between small businesses, charities and schools. Uh, fu fundamentally, you've got users, you need data, you've got compliance requirements and certain things. Um, so th there's a lot of commonality, but understanding that schools are very stressed out when they've got Ofsted, we have to, you know, look after them in a certain way. And knowing that charities of um, unlike businesses can't go and sell some more stuff to justify paying for something. Um, but, you know, again, likewise, talking to a business and saying, well, these are the benefits, this is going to make you faster or more profitable or whatever it might be. And, and just talking their language, I think, um, you know, at the beginning, as well as on the ongoing basis. So do you, do you think being a small business yourself rather than because you're not a one man band, clearly, um, but equally, you're not one of the big players out there that's got multiple sites around the country. So do you think that actually being a growing vibrant small business yourself it helps you understand what what the needs are for for, for these other companies and the owners themselves as well uh, yeah without a doubt um i've got we have the same challenges and requirements pressure and all of that sort of stuff that, that everybody else does so you know we, we we understand that there isn't you know always a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for instance to go back to the money thing so we, you know we know you have to plan for things and budget for it um but we're not um it's easy to say with my position at the moment maybe, maybe things will change in the future we don't have salespeople. uh so you know one of the things that's common in the bigger businesses is you'll you'll be engaged with a salesperson at the beginning who invariably isn't a technical person doesn't necessarily know what they're selling and why they're selling it they're just selling a solution because that's what they've been told to do um so I, I think a you're dealing with a business owner and naturally the business owner's got a different understanding but i think there's a lot to be said for predominantly dealing with technical people um because you're going to get a solution that ticks the technical boxes not something that ticks the the, the sales requirements that the you know that the sales guy is going to 
um, need to achieve for his business. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind yeah, of my yeah, take. It, it. It, it, it is quite interesting. I think, and I think that's that's the bit that I think is really interesting. Um, want to explore a little bit more is that there are a lot of businesses out there who obviously grow through having business development teams out on the ground who don't necessarily as you say have the technical knowledge of what the business does but are, are reasonably good at selling and and one of the challenges that i then see in those businesses is that the the sales salesperson the person doing business development will go out make the sale and fundamentally over promise on either uh, what's technically possible or timescales and then you you you're then coming back to the office if you like and asking a technical de de team to deliver something that fundamentally isn't possible um to 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 deliver within the time scale said and so you the relationship with that new client or customer is kind of broken from day one because you know yeah. you, you made a sale, sale on the false presences and I, and I don't think this is true just in it i think this is across across the board well, I mean, we see it with the, the vendors that we engage with more, more often than not when we deal with the larger software houses, for instance, and, and particularly some of the systems that we run to, you know, to support our customers and run our business. You, you, you very rarely engage with someone who actually uses that system for much more than logging their sales information. They're not running their business on it. They're not, you know, supporting customers in it, for instance. Um, and, and we, you know, we've both in my current business and my previous one, we've, um, you know, I sound like I've got a really negative view on salespeople here, but, but you're, <laughs> you're often sold on what they want to sell you rather than what you actually need. I think there's a, there's a big difference between understanding what somebody needs and putting forward the right solution rather than just selling something off a, you know, off a spec sheet. But I think, but it, it, it must help knowing actually what's possible to deliver on. Because yeah. now you're suddenly in a position where it's not just that you're putting in front of people the best solution from your perspective, but you're actually able to kind of create a solution that works for them and is something that you can deliver. Definitely. Um, there's no point in us failing to deliver something. Uh, I, I think for, for all of my professional life, I think I can say fairly uh, pretty much all of it, certainly the last 10, 15, yeah, 10 years or so at least. Um, we've always been a support first company. So fundamentally, if we deliver something, we're supporting it afterwards. So we don't have the choice to sell something that doesn't work because we, we're going to feel that pain, you know, p potentially, maybe not as much, but certainly considerably, unlike certain companies that will just deliver a solution and not quite run away, but they're not there for the long haul. We're, we're, we go in as a, well, we always say we're a partner, but we go in to work alongside our customers and, like I say, if we deliver something that doesn't work, we're 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 going to be in pain from day one, and and that has a huge impact and bearing on how we approach it. Um, but it that's aside from the obvious fact that we just want to see people achieve as well. Yeah, that's interesting. Or succeed, maybe achieve's not the right word, is it? Um, now we get into discussion about <laughs> the difference between achievement and succeed. <laughs> um, so what what um, is just thinking about how to approach this question because I, I know it's one that has been a challenge for you but it, I think there's lessons to be learned from it so you know one of the things that you've had to deal with over the last you know two three years since taking this business on um, is your team and growing that team and watching that team develop so what would be 
what do you think you've kind of pulled out and learned as a business owner yourself in terms of leading people and, and developing a team and and especially one that i suspect is quite remote a lot of the time because you don't necessarily i mean i, I don't know the full structure of your business but i guess you've got people in the office but equally you, you've probably got guys that are maybe permanently out on on site with some of your bigger projects or going in and delivering projects or potentially working from home um, as well because the, the nature of the beast suggests that support you don't necessarily need to be with a screwdriver unplugging the machine it can all be done remotely now or vast majority of it yeah quite that, right so how, how's how's that been how's that been for you as as, a, as somebody who's kind of started out as um a technician ideally you know you had the opportunity to buy to to buy this business or buy your, your business partner out um and now fun, finally you, you know suddenly you find yourself in a position of leadership and how's how's that journey been for you as, as a business owner because i know it's one that a lot of people struggle with um i think probably every you know emotion and every descriptive word you could think of uh, in, in one way or another um it, it, it tough at times uh certainly it's you know rewarding uh, without a doubt uh, yeah we yeah we have a a bit of a split team i suppose if, if you if you use that expression so we've got one my technical director who joined us last year worked from home uh, effectively permanently uh, he's he's down on the south coast so it's, you know it's not a nice commute to hour and a half in, into the office and back every day um he does come up regularly but we use a lot of uh, you know video for instance uh, with with you know teams and, and various other you know, well we use teams but there's lots of other products obviously out there uh one of my engineers effectively is employed full-time to, to cover two schools that we look after so again she's remote only down the road but but nigh on 100 percent of her time again trying to get her into the office regularly and still doing you know face to face or, or uh, going out and, and working with her so from a management point of view obviously there's some stuff i have to do and also just to be part of the, the team it's very easy to become particularly in her role isolated so there, there's some new unique kind of challenges there and then the the other three tech that we have are office based but you know regularly out on site uh, or, or you know again could work from home we've, we've obviously always had that built in we're kind of lucky unlike a lot of businesses that we've got the technology and, and the ability to grasp and deliver all of that um yeah more easily perhaps you could say um I, lots of different things you know obviously if you i think i've always had people that want the best for the customer i've never had any concerns about whether they're doing the right job for the person on the end of the phone to use that sort of analogy um but the way that they go about it and and some of the processes and and you know compliance related things that we have can be challenging because I certainly think it's fair to say technical people. Um, I read this some time ago, and I wish I could remember who wrote it. But there's a there's a fairly strong feeling that if you're you're an engineering type technical person, you like to tinker and keep things working, but don't necessarily like to see the end of it and, and cross it off. So mm. we we do have challenges with the last five percent, ten percent type approach, where some of the documentation doesn't get updated, uh, for instance. So which which can cause some challenges because of course it's in somebody's head which which makes it difficult then when you're a team um but yeah there, there's got lots of things we could talk about this all day i suppose um <laughs> i think that my biggest learn and it's it's been very hard because i like you said i was a technician um i've didn't intend to run my own business or have my own business even um kind of 
broadly speaking, fell into it for for one reason or another. Um, absolutely love it now and can't imagine ever doing anything else. I suspect I'm reasonably unemployable like most self-employed people. Join the club. Um, yeah. Join the club. yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I think one of the hardest things for me to really register is um, not everybody's obviously driven and, and, and dedicated effectively in the same way. But obviously we don't all think the same and do the same things. Um, so um i guess i've always just seen a problem and gone and got on with it and you know broadly speaking had the right approach whether i've learned that or it's just instinct i, I don't know i just probably elements of both um but not everybody's built that way and, and and works in the same way so sometimes people can need a lot more you know discussion and confidence nurturing um the occasional shove um to, <laughs> to, to sort of get get there in the end um and if that's the kind of thing you're looking for yeah well i mean i guess that's part of the challenge isn't it is that how do you lead a team when because I've, I've had this the same challenge with myself in, in my old business and I'm, I'm starting to you know having to work through it myself again um obviously with a bit more experience this time around um but learning to lead sorry leading a team whilst you're learning to be a leader yourself <laughs> is, is is quite a challenging thing to get through and, and i think for a lot of business owners that i speak to a lot of entrepreneurs that i speak to it's probably and i'm not saying this is the case with you necessarily but it's it's more often than not it's probably the thing they're weakest at Be, because yeah. um nobody nobody will care about your business as much as you and and nobody works as fast as we do they certainly don't think as fast as we do so I, I always feel with the people i've got around me that they're they're playing kind of catch up with with my ideas and with where i want to go and i i can visualize exactly what i want uh the business to look like what i want certain elements of the business to look like um how smooth i want it to be etc etc um and, and there's an element of it where it's got to be my way because I'm, you know, I'm, uh, it's my business and it's, it's the best way to have it. But bringing people along with you that share that vision when you're not particularly good at articulating it because it's your vision, it's in your head. That's a, that's a really difficult thing to do, I, I think. I, I definitely. And, and of course, I think the thing we forget, um, you know, again, do your best to be conscious of it. But I think the thing you forget at times is you might have had an idea today and and you know you want to get on with it tomorrow the likelihood is that's been buzzing around in your head for you know days weeks months years even um and even if you're not conscious of it because i'm starting to realize that there must be a lot that goes on that i'm not aware of in my mm -hmm. head um you probably have like i say been thinking about it for a while and it's been there and been building you um so just to have a two-minute conversation because you think it's the new best idea and and get expect somebody else to get all of that is um well it's impossible clearly um so one of my biggest learns recently is 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 um having to slow down um of course you want everyone to speed up but you know, the reality is you actually need to slow down um take the extra time to make sure that there's the the you know the checks and measures and what have you in place to um you know negative ways to look at it you clearly need to make sure that we're, we're dealing with that situation so I, I i love having conversations here hearing how other people deal with it because it helps me deal with that myself if that makes sense yeah, so there's there's an awful lot of that where you need to understand your own how you deal with things mentally personally 
So what are the trigger points for your own mental health? What's, what makes your thought process go on journey A versus journey B versus journey C? And I've realized, and I think that the world is far more open to discussing mm-hmm. mental health, mental awareness, how certain p- aspects of day-to-day activities or your past life might affect what happens in the present life. And I know I've had a, a, a few difficult times in my life when I was, I don't know, 14 years old, one of my best friends died from a drugs overdose. I was at Hillsborough and saw a load of Liverpool fans die in front of me. And I was part of that melee that got crushed. Mm. Um, I had a, uh, a serious injury whilst out training for an Ironman bike race where I fractured my head and spent six weeks in hospital having my face rebuilt and it took two years after that to then bring myself back to some semblance of normality but even now i'm not the the person i was um it's just how you deal with things i've my mindset is very much on a yolo you only live once (laughs) so take the risks and do things because yeah. very quickly and very easily, your life might be turned upside down or it might just end. So I've seen friends die. I've seen an awful lot of people die en masse at one event. I've come close to death myself and had hours and de- you know, My biggest operation was an 18-hour operation in one go to try and fix me. I woke up in ITU with drips all over me and things down my throat and nose and couldn't speak and flipped out i was just when you get to that point in life i think you appreciate how precious life is mm. when you understand how precious life is then you can look at things slightly differently to the average person walking down the street so now i will naturally take more risk because i'm very much a what's the worst that can happen type of person yeah it's 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 really it's fascinating because um, you know, I've not experienced your challenges, obviously, but uh, I've spent a lot of time at football grounds and I've seen some pretty horrible things, nothing on the level of Hillsborough. And I'm, I'm, I have to be honest, I'm very glad I haven't that, you know, who would want to experience that. I can't imagine it's something that's ever going to leave you. Um, but I know what it can be like in those environments. I also know the flip side of how amazing those environments can be and, and, and the joy that it can bring you. So we have to temper that. But yeah, certainly having, you know, losing my sister was a real, you've used the term, you know, you only live once. And I, I, I kind of, for me, that's, you know, tomorrow never comes because yeah. all we have is today because we don't know what's going to happen. None of us have a crystal ball, do we? And, and that, that's my business thing. partner in, in the software business. He's got a, a wonderful turn of phrase. When we're, when we're having discussions about should we invest some money in, what should we do next, like the longer term strategic stuff, he turns around and says, well, if we don't do it, then this time next year, we've only got 24 good summers left. <laughs> we are having annual business planning conversations about good summers. So when we go away for, we go to our board meeting, which is me and him, my best friends have been since we're four years old. We've right. gone abroad. So we'll go somewhere sunny, nice. It'll be a four-day weekend. That's a, a strategic annual board meeting, which is about drinking and eating. Well. <laughs> I, love it. Some yeah. I have two of those a year. <laughs> I have different ones with different. But this is our yes. official. This, this is a this is a business board meeting. Yeah. We, we do some work in the daytime. Yeah. We go out and have fun and play around of an evening. 
And that's where, the, well, that's where all the creative magic happens when it you're is. out playing. Yeah. But he actively sits there when we're having like the hard discussions about what should we do in the next 12, 18 months. If we don't do it, we're only going to have 23, 24 good summers left. Because I'm 45, I'm going to be mm. at a point where the ability for me to go on a 24-hour plane journey to Australia at 82 isn't going to happen. Mm. So how do I earn enough money to make that journey happen in the next 5, 10, 15 years while my kids are still around and that can, they can benefit from it? So everything that we talk about is a time frame around making things happen in our personal lives that the business can afford to pay for at the time that we want to do that thing. So don't suddenly retire at 65 would be 25% cash lump something. I'm now going to tour the world because you might not get to that point. And even if you do get there, you might not be able to physically go and do it. Yeah. And I learned this from uh, uh, my wife's uncle. He exited his company at 50 something years old and he literally had a pot of money it was company was bought out he had sure options in the in the company as the md he came into a, a, a pot of cash and his whole philosophy in life was i'm going to tour the world starting with the furthest place first because <laughs> as i get older and as my money starts to dwindle i don't have the capacity to jump on a plane because i might have to go to the doctors on a wednesday afternoon very good. Literally in his 70s, he was still going on a, a three-month tour of Cambodia. Brilliant. Brilliant. That, that was his thing that really excited him, and that's how he spent his money. I do the same, but I tick the boxes that makes me happy and what makes my family happy. And I work hard on my businesses to earn the cash to be able to go and do those things. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's uh, the whole comes back kind of full circle to the lifestyle business Um owner because because for me and i would say the vast majority of my clients as i said you know 80 90 percent of them it's about understanding what you want from your life now and in the future and building a business that can fund that yeah. and if you can look back on what you've created and you've served other people you've done a great job it, you know if you are a, a literally a technician or a trader or whatever it is and you you, you you can look back on all the work you've done with pride because you've done it to the best of your ability or the people that you've taken on have done, have done the same and you've managed to enjoy your, your life and you've managed to contribute n not just to uh, your family and yourself, but to your, your, you know, buying around in the pub without having to worry about it. <laughs> it, it, it could be that, couldn't it? it? It could be doing a little bit for charity. Uh, you know, we've, we've attached our business to a, to a local charity uh, hospice near us. So as our business grows, the, uh, the, the, the charity gets more contributions and that's something that's really important to me because I think we should, we should, you know, share yeah. in, in our, in our um, prosperity, uh, you know, to, it, it, to use your word. So I, I think it's, it's really keen to understand that, you know, the message I'm hearing here, which is, which is lovely because it's very much reinforcing my own values and, and viewpoint, uh, which is great because we've converged to that point is that, we neither of us know what's going tomorrow is going to bring, you know, and, and yeah, we may have 25 summers left, which I, I love that term. That's definitely going on the wall <laughs> um, uh, or 12 summers left or whatever. So it's really is this about what, what can you do to make sure that your day is, is full of contribution, not just for now, but for the future on the assumption that you do, because despite the tragedy we've had, we and and there's an urgency about making sure we get the most of today most out of today yeah i get that but we didn't shouldn't necessarily assume we're not going to have tomorrow 
Well, it's, it's, it's the little things that make the big differences. So it's not all about building wealth and money and cash and exploiting every opportunity to, to earn as much as I can to go and buy the next big thing. So it's one of the nicest things that happened to me recently. I'm working at home. It was my birthday last week, the week before. Everybody forgot about it because we were so busy and under pressure. And then I wake up in the morning to a, a collage from my team where they'd all got a piece of A4 paper. Oh, I saw this. Yes, that was fantastic. Yeah. They drew. So 14 people had held up in, there's not, I don't think there's 14 letters. I haven't counted. They had a letter each, didn't they? They each had a letter each that just spelt happy birthday. Yeah, I was just, it made me well up. I just thought, what a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's just such a nice thing. I I went to bed early on my birthday because I was A, a bit drunk and B, a bit tired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> usually go together <laughs> <laughs> went, went hand in hand because I enjoyed a nice bottle of red, red and, and some nice dinner at home um, so I woke up in the morning to this ping on social media with all of these like notifications and I opened up to see what it is and this is this collage that my ops director just shared through the social yeah. media yeah. and it just said happy birthday to our wonderful boss and, and all it, of a sudden I'm, I'm looking at that and thinking yeah I've got a load of employees but then Yes, they're technically employees, but I'm building a team. I've got a lot of people that I'm providing some uh, economic wealth to through giving them opportunity and paying them at the end of the year. But bigger than that, the the part of my journey, they're coming with me. So all of a sudden, I start to build the right mindset in the people who are working with me, who are understanding how to make other people happy. So here's a question, because before we pressed record, you know, off air when we were having a little chat, you you expressed a I don't know if it was a concern, but it was certainly a question about um, you know we're in we're in this situation at the moment in lockdown. You know I, I've not been banging on about COVID at all uh, recording these episodes, but you know we are all fairly isolated. And you you mentioned that one of the things you're perhaps struggling with is trying to work on the culture of the business when you're all separated. Mm-hmm. But for me, what you've just talked about more than anything else says you have the culture in your business right yeah i do now but if those people disappear and go in different places as their own careers disappear and i bring new people in if we want to build a a home working uh, environment which i'm 110 percent behind to be honest to give anyone who works for my organization the flexibility to do what they want to do so if there are a, a working mum, working dad, they've got young children, have to drop them off at nine o'clock and pick them up at three. Then I don't want them in an office from 8.30 till 5.30. I want to build that flexibility and offer it to them and to bring the, the right people to me. Mm. So how can I create that environment that allows flexibility, but also build a culture in the workforce that does the right thing for clients? So it's all the little touch points that I'm still failing as a business owner you know I, I don't get it right all of the time but i'm starting to spend my time building systems and processes that just at a very simplistic level records all of my clients and staff's birthdays records all of the team's significant anniversaries their children's birthdays yeah. and just do the little things that you would do for your friends of course you would well when, when except, it's, we're, except uh, we're boys so we don't <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Like one of the things that really grates me is, is 
Facebook knows your birthday and it will send out messages to all your friends who type on your Facebook wall, it's your birthday. That's so impersonal as I think. It's too easy. It's too easy. So I send, I don't do birthday cards anymore. I never really have done birthday cards, but I'll generally, I'll phone people yeah. and I will sing happy birthday to them. Yeah. I'm the worst singer in the world. I am, I am not even a bar singer. I've got an awful voice. But I'll, I'll sing happy birthday. And if I can't oh, get hold that of makes them, it, That makes it even more valuable, doesn't it? I just put a smile on someone's face that someone who can't sing and, and sounds bloody awful, who should never, <laughs> never be let on X Factor. Especially after a bottle of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's how to do those little things. So I'm, I, I take the example of my team saying happy birthday to me in a way that 14 of them couldn't have done simultaneously, but 14 of them did simultaneously. Because my ops director is bloody amazing. And she just went, right, this is the right thing to do to make someone happy. Let's get all the people rallied around and get everybody aligned on the same thing. Make this thing happen by this time so we can then get that out by that time. Now, they can do that for a simple message on my birthday. When we need a business thing doing, they understand that we rally the troops together and the team pulls us one. And we all go in the same direction to deliver what we've got to deliver on. And, and I think... There's, there's an element of, you know, to build that culture and to build that culture remotely, because I've got quite a lot of experience of this and having done it wrong <laughs> for, 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 for some period of time and then working out how to get it right um, from doing it wrong. I mean, I had a team of 27 um, over 12 sites across four counties. And it was, you know, it was, it was a lot of time and a lot of travel. And, and it, it, it was difficult. It was, it, you know, and we didn't have the luxury of things like Zoom. This was pre-Messenger, pre-WhatsApp, you know. So it was email on Blackberries. <laughs> and yeah, it, you, you couldn't do video recording and send it out and stuff like that. So you had to ring them and all turn up. Yeah. And I think you're right. Having, having a system where you uh, make a note of the things that are important to them outside of the, outside of the workplace. Yeah. Um, understanding what makes your your team ticks tick and and helping the team understand what the rest of the team uh feels important as well so you know we never did cash bonuses or rewards or anything like that but we would always give gift people if they'd worked hard with something they'd never done before okay. so i would get them into a i would get them into a um a conversation and, and we'd all encourage it and I get the team to do it to each other without especially with new with new starters around you know oh have you, have you ever been to Ascot and oh, no I've never done that well, you, know, you, you know something you want to do yeah, I'd love to go to Ascot It'd be amazing and, and when that you know when I get that got that fed back um, that team member um, I can't really remember what they did now but I bought him and his girlfriend two tickets to Ascot now it cost me a hundred quid yeah, yeah, whatever it was, it, it, not in the royal enclosure, but the one down, and told them they had to, you know, make sure they suited and booted and all the rest of it. And then they had a most incredible day, and they were talking about it two years later, because I, you just create an environment where you treat people as people and don't assume that cash rewards are going to be enough, because you, you're getting inside their heads and working out what makes them tick, and it's not difficult to do. It's, 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 it's not hard if you put the effort in. in. In, I think what we forget about in business is that people are people and we have feelings and emotions. So if all of a sudden, if you can change the way you approach 
your customers, your clients, and think, well, if they were a friend of mine, what would I do? Yeah. If that was my mother, what would I do? Not and ring her. <laughs> get a birthday. Oh, I get told every day. <laughs> but if you come back to the basic premise, yeah. when it's your friend's birthday, will you phone them and say, "Happy birthday, mate"? You have a good day, or you phone them next day. How was your birthday yesterday? What happened? And you're not after anything. You're just no, saying happy it's just, birthday. It's selfless. Just give them that. You're inquiring how they are, mm. finding out what's made them good, what's made them tick, what's brought us, and because you're paying attention to them that makes them feel good and if you're yes. doing that you're doing things better than the next person down the street so put it into a business context how many times do you pick up the phone to your clients i know you do an awful lot outside of that one of my big bugbears is the amount of emails i get from people like stop emailing pick up the telephone have a conversation fire up a, a zoom meeting or a google meet meeting or skype or whichever technology platform you want to work on and have a as best you can face-to-face -face meeting yeah see people's emotions see their reactions hmm. no I, I agree on a database then get together physically yeah because getting together physically is a lot better than the virtual environment and then get together outside of the working environment if they're the right person to hang around with you definitely enjoy spending time with as you say go to ascot yeah. Take them to football, play golf with them. Whatever you both exactly. find as a common thing that you will enjoy, yeah. bring them along for the journey. And then you're building a better business relationship. Yeah, one of my, one of my clients likes salsa dancing. I'm just not feeling it. All <laughs> <laughs> I can do, the motorbike I can do, the salsa dancing, maybe not. <laughs> it's quite, yeah. We do both enjoy chocolate though, so that, 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 does, that, that does help. Um, yeah, really, really fascinating stuff, Neil. I'm going to just kind of close this in um, and just ask you one more question. Um, I think we could talk all day about this sort of stuff. Um, there's, a, there's a danger we could go off into a leadership conversation that would last about three hours. <laughs> we'll get you back on and we'll do that one on, on, on another day. But um, So if you, if you were to, and you, you've, you've probably thought about this given some of the you know some of the discussion we've had already but if you were to uh, be able to go back in time uh, and and have a have a 30 second conversation with neil o'brien who w was uh, the day before you started your business mm -hmm. okay so you've got 30 seconds with the, with the neil the day before he's about to start his business and he's ready to open the doors the next day. What, what are the one, two, three pieces of advice you would give that, Neil, knowing what you know now? I would communicate a lot more. So I would really spend more attention having conversations with, with customers and prospects. Okay. Pay them more attention and give them more of my time. Outside of that, my biggest learning and, and something that I still implement now is I have feedback loops in every process that we deliver. Interesting. So we put process in place and then we have feedback loops to incrementally improve that process rather than just saying this is the way we do things and it's a rigid thing. We're looking to constantly evolve. Yes. Yeah. And Very that, lean, lean startup. Yeah. Yeah. That, that to me has just been a, a game changer because we, we, we start things and we do things and we get it wrong. And why, why do we assume that we know what people want? No, exactly. Mm. So just having the ability to, to look at how you do things and then tweak, change, optimize. That's there's there's a, a rap artist called Baba Brinkman. 
and uh, he, he, I came across him about six, seven years ago. Uh, he's really quite cool. Um, and one of the first, the reason I came across him is he did this, uh, he, he takes quite highbrow subjects and turns them into raps. So the one I found that he did was um, the, the study of genetics, human evolution. And the rap was called Performance Feedback Revision. Yeah. And it's, it's a mantra that has stayed with me that everything we do, as you're talking about a feedback loop, it's, it's, it's you know, as a human race, uh, we're just one big split test because all we're yeah. doing is, you know, performance <laughs> feedback revision. And, 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 and that's what nature is doing to kind of help us work out what, what works and what doesn't work and, 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 and learn from it. I think that's a, that's a really, it's a really important thing that a lot of people miss, just making sure you, you have the processes in your in your business to make sure that you understand what's working and what's not working rather than blindly making assumptions about it i think that's Definitely. really that's Definitely. really cool and what would you just just to push you on more thing because of your you know the, the stuff your resilience and the, and the stuff you've been through if you were going to add one personal uh learning that you could share with yourself back in the day and 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 that, that, that you you know that you've learned personally in terms mm -hmm. of how you've dealt with things what would that be definitely to to open up more to nearest dearest others don't don't bottle up all of the things that are going on inside your head being a business owner is an incredibly lonely place mm. there's an awful lot of weight on our shoulders we're trying to juggle so many things whether that's your business cash flow your home lifestyle the members of staff and all of the concerns that you have all of that can cause an awful lot of anguish in your head, which doesn't allow you to have the headspace to do the right things in your business. So it's crucial to me. If I go back many years ago, I tried to do too much myself and I never shared things out with the team, with my family, with my wife, with my friends, just opening up and having conversations of, I'm not doing my best with this. How would you deal with that? Mm. Having that, personal conversation away from business but about business yes no i understand so have it with an external person rather than your team and say look i've got this problem i can't deal with it and be open enough to say i can't figure out the solution myself what would you do in this situation mm. yeah yeah i think that's really important that's brilliant uh neil thank you so much for coming Pleasure. on very I, could talk, I could talk for hours you know <laughs> i know i love it i like chatting to you about everything and nothing <laughs> it's good fun it's good fun i like to find interesting people and have interesting conversations if uh, we'll, we'll we'll put some information obviously about your business and um uh, you know in in the, in the copy of the podcast but if people want to reach out to you and have a conversation what's what's the easiest way is it email is it e easiest way um probably uh, email um which is neil.obrien at ascentist.com co.uk i'm sure you'll put a link to it in the oh, well, uh, yeah. in, in the copy notes um or drop a, a, a drop a phone call have a conversation uh 01483 perfect i will stick that in there super thank you for coming on no thank you very much for the opportunity it's great to speak to you as always ash yeah brilliant cheers mate cheers bye all done Thank you.